0: You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this podcast, Future Net Zero news editor Johnny Bairstow spoke with Alan Thompson, head of energy technology consulting at UK Power Network Services, and Claire Thompson Sage, sustainable development coordinator at UPS. They discussed the electrification of UPS's fleet and how UK Power Network Services is helping them make that transition.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to this podcast with Future Net Zero. I'm Johnny Berstow and today I'm talking about collaborating to enable Net Zero. I'm joined by Claire Thompson Sage, Sustainable Development Coordinator at UPS and Alan Thompson, Head of Energy Technology Consulting at UK Power Network Services. So thank you guys for joining me. Yeah thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. So we'll jump right into it. So this first question is for UPS. The EV fleet-centred local energy systems project is highly innovative. Claire, could you please explain the partnership work with UK Power Network Services so far and just talk us through what was UPS's role in this particular project?
2: Sure, thanks Johnny. Uh, So we started off uh, with electric vehicles in London back in 2008 uh, we had an expensive power upgrade, which took us to 63 vehicles. Um, we reached that limit in 2017. So we work with UK Power Network Services on the sole project to develop smart grid technology to enable us to have a fully electrified fleet in London, which we're aiming towards now. This second project is building on that, where we're really looking to look at how we can optimise the power, we're charging vehicles overnight but we use very little power during the day, so we're looking at really how we manage energy systems as a whole with UPS providing the testbed at our Kentish Town site to research and develop local energy systems to balance out the power and really make uh, hopefully bring down the cost of the infrastructure and electricity cost for an electrified fleet. And what was the wider
1: impact of the EV fleet-centred local energy systems on UPS's fleet electrification plans?
2: Well, we've got a strong electrification strategy for the whole of Europe, really. We've invested in Arrival and have pledged by 10,000 vehicles. So the knowledge that we we learn from this project will help us in sites all across Europe in hopefully managing and getting the best system to maximise and optimise power and carbon emissions in all of our facilities.
1: And this, I've got a question for Alan now, how did you increase the number of electric vehicles that could be charged at the UPS site without increasing the capacity of the connection to the electricity network?
0: Yeah it's a good question, so UPS initially faced quite a costly network upgrade in order to get the energy they required to charge all the vehicles and I think now, obviously the UPS, UPS site in Camden is quite important and uh, you know, every, every site is, but every site is also different. So I think what you need to do is consider a range of the different tools that are in the tool, toolbox of uh, options to, to assess the site. And for the, for the sites in, uh, for, in Camden, we looked at firstly you know, active network management, we looked at uh, storage, we looked at you know, smart charging and you know, combined that solution together to provide a, a solution which meant we could charge all 170 vehicles without the need to to increase the size of the connection to the grid. So I think it's really just assessing a site holistically. And the you know the EFLES project which we're talking about so here is has actually taken that a step further uh, and, and enabled us to to look at including you know, on-site generation, so you know PV on the roof. Allowing the public to use charging infrastructure, so obviously with UPS the vehicles are out during the day, so there's a significant revenue opportunity for UPS while those vehicles are out, um, and so allowing that capacity to be used instead of uh, being being idle. So yeah, I guess treating each each site independently and and that uniquely. So we can then uh, assess the range of tools that are available to provide the best solution for, the, for, the, for that particular site.
1: Yeah, it sounds like quite a bespoke process where you work out yeah what suits each site and each client and each individual setting and then deliver what they need, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think with, with this particular site, we managed to identify savings of about 70% of the total capex that would have been spent in an otherwise traditional approach. I think another key benefit we identified was with the, you know, the flexibility of the site and obviously with the vehicles coming in at different times and the ability to move the load around, there's actually a potential 30% of savings in OPEX costs um, as well through accessing flexibility markets and moving, moving energy around to, to cheaper you know, off-peak tariffs, for example
1: and now that that's all set up and working uh, what are your plans to scale up the number of electric vehicles at the depot because that's often the case isn't it the companies will electrify a portion of their fleet and then in the future they'll build upon that so how do you enable it
0: so i think i think it's uh, again a good question so i think it's it's sort of realizing where the tipping points are so i think for, for the site at uh, UPS, we can now electrify the full depot of 170 vehicles without any, any more change to the site. So it's up for UPS's plans to bring the vehicles in when, when they're ready. Generally speaking, though, it's understanding the, you know, the capacity that's available from the from the DNO, looking to put the smart charging in where possible, uh, understanding what your vehicle strategy is, so what's, what's the timing for those vehicles for your operational requirements, and then from the infrastructure point of view, making sure the, the infrastructure is available at the right time for those vehicles. And so that those tipping points are key. So where you have capacity that's available at the moment, make the most of that, but where you need to upgrade that capacity to the grid Uh, There's obviously solutions to try and resolve that through time connections or flexible connections as well, plus all the behind the meter solutions
1: as well. Claire, what are you doing on your end to make sure this is possible?
2: I I think, as Alan said, it's it's knowing where the pinch points are, what the charging window is, what the power supply to a building is, and also then... Grid upgrades we know are non-incremental and very expensive, but building a strategy where there are incremental increases that we can do through solar power and battery storage, which are also movable between sites. So it's really working with our electric vehicle strategy And looking at the different sites where we can move different energy systems uh, and gain the knowledge that we've got from this project uh, with the help of UK Power Network Services and Moxa to really understand and manage the whole energy supply along with our electric vehicle strategy.
1: Something I hear a lot is companies saying they want to electrify their fleets but they don't know how or they're scared of it because it's quite a daunting process um, going through such a major upheaval. So this is another question for Alan. How would you suggest for our listeners who are maybe thinking about electrifying their fleet? How can they get started? Yeah, I think I think
0: you raise a good point there. I mean, it is, you know, our, our clients, you know, they see an ecosystem of different organisations in the market that do a lot of different things, and that can be a bit of a challenge to understand who does what and how that would fit, or how they can provide the best solution for for their business. So I think, you know, starting off with an initial strategy, which you know looks at both. The, the vehicle side of things, so when do you want the vehicles to come in, um, what operational needs do you need for the vehicles, and making sure you choose the right vehicles for the, for what you need. And then secondly, from an infrastructure point of view, making sure you can get the energy to those vehicles when they arrive at the cheapest possible way. So yeah, it's, I think it's one of those things where with UPS, we managed to identify that, you know, that 70% CAPEX savings from you know, using the behind the meter solutions.
1: Sure, and th- th- those savings that you mentioned there are absolutely vital, aren't they? Because it has to make economic sense. Otherwise, businesses are going to struggle to justify it ultimately. Yeah, and that's
0: right. And with, with vehicles coming on board, uh, traditional budgets for for fleets, particularly you know, the, the CapEx, requirement upfront for electric vehicles is, is quite significant compared to traditional ice vehicles so yeah um, it's it's a challenge to make sure you you have that uh, upfront front capex available initially so being able to not have that same cost incurred from the infrastructure side of things is obviously a benefit
1: well thank you very much for talking us through uh, what it takes and how it's done i'm sure that will prove very useful to all of our listeners out there and it's been a pleasure talking to you both you
0: too johnny
2: yeah, thanks johnny
0: You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast along with our partner, UK Power Networks. This has been a promoted podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero Better business, better planet.